Hey, welcome to Westside Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. Here at Westside, we're all about equipping believers to succeed in life and mature in Christ as they reach, win, and disciple others. In just a moment, you're going to hear an encouraging message. But before we get into it, if we can serve you in any way by helping you grow in your walk with God, we want to connect with you at wcspokane.com slash connect. Fill that out and someone from our team will reach out to you. Now let's get ready to study the word together. Well, Merry Christmas Eve. Glad you're here. Glad you braved the weather and the roads. Everybody okay? Good, good. We, we do have a couple of fellows with some uh, trucks and chains and shovels. So if you get stuck, don't hesitate to call. We will, we will come find you. Um, amen. We, uh, I wanted to start with sharing a, a West Side story. You guys know what those are. We're calling them West Side stories. They're testimonies at a West Side church. And I thought it was appropriate because we had a candlelight uh, service scheduled today. Um, but one of, the, uh, one of the fellows here in his job uh, had made it known to his coworkers that he's willing at any time, uh, if they ever needed prayer, to, to pray with them. And uh, one particular guy was going through a, a physical issue, some tough times, and he just told him again, he said, you know, I'm, when you're ready, I'm available to pray. And the, and the answer back was... Uh, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Not go ahead and pray, but I'll keep that in mind. Uh, but it wasn't but just a day or two later when uh, th- things seemingly looked to get worse and felt worse that he, uh, the coworker came back to him and said, you know what, I'm ready for that prayer. And so prayer was had, and uh, God was called on, and he said when we pray according to his will that he hears us and, and that we have those petitions of which we've asked. And so they prayed, and within 24 hours, it had so dramatically turned around, he came back and told them, Things are working well. Things are going well. So um, I just want to encourage you, you know, in this season and in every season, we're the light of the world. There's a hope in us. And uh, to be open to sharing that with others and being willing because God hears and answers prayer. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. So this morning, or this morning, it feels like morning, doesn't it? Uh, It's definitely afternoon. I can see the clock. Um, This afternoon, uh, we're just uh, celebrating Christmas Eve together as a church family um, we're taking Christmas Day off tomorrow to enjoy with our families, so this is our, this is our church service. Um, but I got a word I want to share with you that I believe will help you and, uh, in, t- in tough times, sometimes during the holidays, but just in life in general and where we're going uh, with the new year, because this will be our last get-together as a church family until January 1st of 2023. And so um, just wanted to kind of prep you for where we're going in the new year. And I realize that everybody has plans, probably. Everybody's got plans after this, I would assume. Some of you might actually have dared leave something in the oven when you came to church, so something <laughs> cooking right now. Uh, but if we could just take a few minutes to just focus on what maybe the Lord would have to share with your heart, speak into your life uh, on this Christmas season, uh, just, just jump on in with us for a minute. So uh, if you brought your Bibles, uh, turn, let's turn to John chapter 1 real quick, and it'll be on the screen for you as well. John chapter 1. And just wanted to read a little bit of this, of this Bible verse. Everybody good? It's fun when we have a family service, right? You know, kids are everywhere. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Jesus. He is good to us. John chapter 1, verse 1. It says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then in verse 2 it says, And He was in the beginning with God. It jumps from talking about the Word to talking about a person. Jesus, but it doesn't change subjects, does it? Because Jesus is the Word. Amen? Amen. 
in the beginning was the word, that was Jesus. And he was, he was with God and he was God. And he was in the beginning with God. And all things were made, uh, all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. In him, him was life and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. Jesus has always been. Jesus has always been. He was here in the beginning. He was, he was with God. He was here at creation. He was part of creation. He was always with the Lord. He was always with our Father. Jesus always was, and so was the Spirit. It's why God could turn and say, let us make man in our image. Who else was with God but Jesus and the Spirit of God himself, amen? And so God was in, in the world, and Jesus uh, was with him in the beginning, and nothing was made that was made without him. And I love this verse 4, in him was the light, was life, and the life was the light of men. Jesus truly is the light of the world. And for those of us that have made Jesus our Lord, we know that to be true. Isn't it the, the grass greener and the sky bluer? It's just amazing to serve a great creator. And our message to the world is that there's hope, that you know, we have this hope in us that Jesus is Lord and he is coming again. And heaven is our reward, our home, if we'll believe in him. And it's an exciting time to kind of remember this because we have a job to do as believers, to be the light of the world. But it says in verse 5 that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. That means that that word comprehend in the New King James actually means to overcome. The darkness could not overcome the light. Have you ever flipped a switch on in a room that was pitch black, and you saw this struggle between darkness and light, good and evil? Maybe it'll win, maybe it won't. Anybody ever? You flip the light on and the lights are on. The darkness flees instantly, doesn't it? And this is our Savior. You know, when I was um, in college and uh, we, we did a lot of camping trips, we went on one particular camping trip with a whole group of uh, young men and, and um, you know, teenagers and college age. We were in far north Idaho where there aren't lights around the, the lake. You have to hike or bike in. We rode bicycles, uh, mountain bikes, into this place to camp. And uh, we're, we're deep in the woods where you can see perfect skies. When the moon's not out, it is truly pitch black. And so here we are, uh, teenagers, college age. Um, you know, it's hard not to get in a little bit of trouble when you're out there in, in that kind of environment. But I remember this specifically, and I, and I had no idea that I was going to tell this story 20 years later. But... Um, we're, we're in the dark, we're having a good time, everybody's got headlamps, flashlights, and again, we have mountain bikes. So there are a bunch of kids that are, you know, in camo, sneaking around, having fun, scaring people. There's other kids that are on their bikes with their headlamps, and they're riding trails in the dark, because, you know, where they can see. So me and my friends, um, I'll name them, it's James and David, and, uh, and uh, another guy named Aaron. We were all there. Sorry, guys, you're on, you're on camera. Um, we were all there. We decided that we were just going to have a little bit of fun. So um, what we would do is we'd wait for these string of uh, mountain bikers riding along, and it's single file riding. It was trails. We would just wait for the, all of them to pass except the last one, and we'd grab the last kid off of his bike and pull him into the bushes. <laughs> so when we got him calmed down enough to tell him, hey, it's us. We're with you. We're just, we're just going to freak out your friends. They were totally on board. And it was fun because... You know, a hundred feet or so down the trail, we could hear a couple guys go, "Hey, where's Ben? Ben, Ben!" And you know, now he's in on it, so he's not yelling and saying anything. 
But, but when you're in that kind of an environment and it's that dark, your eyes drawn to all types of lights. But there was always a big bonfire where the main camp was. It was always there. And uh, there's safety in that place. We weren't near the bonfire snagging kids off their bikes. We were far, far away in the dark recesses of the forest. It was wonderful. But, <laughs> and I, again, I didn't realize I'd be telling this story 20-some years later. But it's interesting because we can, I can make a correlation with this. When you're, when you're near the source, when you're near the fire, when you're near home base, when you stay close to base, there's safety there. There's light there. There's other people around. And the, the, in the world, the enemy wants to separate us and divide us and pull us away from the source, pull us away from our family, from our church home, from Jesus himself, if the enemy can do it, and get us isolated where we can get picked off and drug into the bushes. And I just want to encourage you, stay close to Jesus. Stay close to the light. There's safety there. There's a reason why he tells us to gather together so that when we go through times that might be tough, and some of you have, some of you have been in this church and gone through tough times, and because you stayed connected to Jesus. You stayed connected to the church. You had people that could speak into your lives. You were able to come through those things and come out better on the other side. Amen? Can I get an amen? amen? There's just something about being around people and being around God's people that does something for your soul, and it helps you to not get picked off by some rascal college kids in, in camo and drug into the bushes. This is I'm, So anyway, just make, the, make your own correlation there, but Jesus is the light of the world, and he truly will draw all men to himself, but Jesus does shine through us, and it, it, it makes a difference when we recognize that, and we'll step up and show it, when we'll, we're willing to talk about Jesus, or pray for people at work, or whatever it is. Jesus is the light. You have something in you that the world is desperate for, and he wants to draw people to himself if we'll just shine a little bit, Amen. So in verse 6, it says, Then there was a man sent from God whose name was John. And this man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light. And all through him might believe he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. This is Jesus. He's the true light that gives light to every man coming into the world. He was, he was in the world, that's our Savior. And the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. And he came, to know his own, he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but they were born of God. And verse 14 says, and the word, that's Jesus, the word became flesh, and he dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus became flesh for us. And this is the season when we celebrate that Jesus came into the earth. It shouldn't be light on us, light in our hearts, light in our thinking, that God himself, Jesus, who was in the world at the beginning, was part of the creation of everything that we can see, touch, taste, feel, hear. He's a part of all of it. He said, he decided to honor his Father and humble himself and lay aside his glory and his power, and he came as a baby into the earth so that he could be raised as a man sinless and pay for our sin. He came to the earth knowing exactly what he would face at the end of his life. He knew what it was going to be, and he was not excited about it, but he was excited about what it was going to produce after it was over. And so we celebrate this time when God became flesh. And these things aren't fables. They're not fairy tales. 
These are true facts of history that actually happened. This isn't something that we just hope in and believe. It's been proven not only by the scriptures and the word of God, but by other writings, historical accounts of Jesus being on the planet, Jesus being crucified, Jesus raised from the dead and being, and being seen by 500 or more people and gave accounts of these things. Jesus lived in the earth. He died for our sins, and God raised him from the dead. And there's just no greater way to celebrate it than to be excited about him coming and celebrating with family and really understanding that he is the reason for the season. Amen? So in Philippians chapter 2, it says this, Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. Everybody say every. Every knee shall bow. That means if it's got knees, it's going to bow before Jesus. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of those in heaven, of those on the earth, and those under the earth. The Bible has given a list of of every creature that will bow its name, or bow its knee to, to the name of Jesus. In heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Think about that. And at the end, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The word to bow, everyone that's going to bow their knee means that you're doing it with an attitude of honor. You're bowing low in an attitude of respect and humility and honor uh, and worship. And And to confess that Jesus is Lord, that word confess carries the idea that it's not just a muttering, but it is an audible, out loud declaration that Jesus is Lord. That there is coming a time that all of us will see with our own eyes and hear with our own ears that every knee in heaven, every knee still in the earth, and every knee under the earth, that means those that have departed without Jesus and gone to hell, every knee will bow and confess with honor and respect and worship that Jesus is Lord. So it's not a matter of if it's going to happen. It's a matter of how and who and when. So here's the, here's the, the presentation, is that you have a choice. You're still breathing, you still have time. If you confess Jesus as your Lord and your Savior in this life, the Bible promises us a reward in heaven. But if we wait, you will still bow your knee and you will still confess with your mouth. It is a promise from God. There will be no abstaining, there will be no holding back, there will not be one creature, not not one person that will say, you know what, I'm I'm just not feeling it today. Every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. For us that have chosen now, there's a great reward in this life and in the next. For now, for us now and in the next. For those of us that love God and we have loved ones, friends, relatives, people around us, coworkers that don't know Jesus, our job as believers is to share the hope that's inside of us, the light that's in us that God gave us. We are have a responsibility. We're required of the Lord to let that light shine. Let it shine out. Let the, let the world know that Jesus is the hope. Amen? Some, some would say, I understand it. I understand that God is God and that he made all, everything and that there is a Jesus. It's historically accurate. But I heard one preacher say this one time. He said, there's a whole bunch of people that believe that they're okay with God and they're missing heaven by 11 inches, the distance between their head and their heart. Because the Bible says that we're, we are going to confess him as Lord. We're going to bow our knee. 
and, and declare Jesus as Lord. And we're going to confess with our mouth that he is Lord. But the Bible doesn't say that we're going to have, that it's coming from our understanding. It comes from our heart. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It does not say that when you understand with your mind and you consent in acknowledgement that you'll be saved. It says when you believe in your heart. And so I don't want anybody to miss the opportunity this morning to, maybe you understand the God thing. Maybe you understand the Jesus thing. Maybe you even come to grips that there's historical record and it's accurate that Jesus lived on the planet and he did die. He was crucified. There are people that say they saw him raised from the dead, over 500. But this is, we don't get to Jesus by understanding in our head. We get to Jesus by believing in our heart. And once we believe in our heart, this is the beauty of it. Once we'll take the step of believing in our heart and saying, God, I'm going to take you at your word. I'm going I'm to believe that you are big enough and smart enough and God enough to get this message to me that Jesus is Lord. I believe that. Once we do that and we confess Jesus is our Lord, then the truths that we seek, the understanding, the science, the, all the other parts of it, the intellectual part of it, God begins to reveal these things to us by revelation, and we begin to see things we would never have seen before without making Jesus Lord of our life. Because we can, conf- we can talk to people till we're blue in the face and tell them all the facts and all the, all the artifacts that have been found and the things that have been proven right about the Bible from all over the Middle East and Israel. We can, we can show them the documentation not only from the Word of God but from other writings. We can show them and describe it and lay it all out. But until a person believes in their heart, and confesses with their mouth, then they're not saved. So we're in a season where we have lots of opportunities. Tonight, tomorrow, where we'll be around loved ones and people that we care about. And I'm challenging all of us to take a hard look at ourselves, but also are we letting the light of God shine from us into others? Truth is truth, amen? God will help them. He will help you. He'll help us all. We don't come to God with our intellect. We come to God with our hearts. And when we believe that, the Bible says that he is a rewarder of those that believe in him and those that diligently seek him. So I want to encourage you to to seek out God. He said, if you'll look for him, you'll find him. And if if you haven't made the opportunity yet, if you've taken the opportunity yet to pray that prayer, to confess Jesus as your Lord, in just a minute, you're going to have an opportunity to do that very thing, to confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, to invite him to be a part of your life, to allow him to come in and help. You know, he wants to help you. He doesn't want to leave you an orphan. He doesn't want to hurt you. He is all about helping. He's all about healing. He's all about restoring, restoration. That's the God that we serve. The Bible says he's a God of reconciliation, bringing us back to right standing with him. And it all starts with our choice, a belief in our heart, a confession with our mouth, according to Romans 10, 9 and 10. Thank you for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, we want to chat with you and help you in your walk with God. We invite you to connect with us at wcspokane.com slash connect and someone from our team will be in touch with you. You can also hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any new content in the future. Thanks again for joining us and remember, Jesus is coming soon.